to come off this negative. But I remember feeling this way last year, where in the playoffs, you can pretty much bank on an NBA team winning on their home floor. Now, is that good? Like, why do we know that? Like, why do we know when we go to Boston, you lose those two? Ah, well, you're going to pick up the two in Cleveland. And everybody just kind of knows that. And yet it's like, there's nothing wrong with that. Well, I think what it boils down to, and you see it, I think the further down the ladder you go in sports, the more true it is. I mean, you look at like college sports and home court advantage is much more real there. What happens is you get guys who are role players you play better at home, you play worse on the road. So, like, your fourth, fifth, sixth option down the bench, all of a sudden, when your production goes down, you know, not a huge amount, but even, like, I mean, let's say you usually score, you know, 12 points, this time you score 9 points, and you add that up for the fourth, fifth, sixth guy down the bench, all of a sudden, that discrepancy of 12 points becomes very real, where it's like, oh, this is a difference here. Now, I mean, like, why does it happen? I mean, I don't know. I think there's familiarity. There's like you feel more confident in a position. If you took us and put us in another studio just across the hall, I guarantee you the show would suffer. Guarantee it. Oh, I don't know about that. You don't think so? I, I don't do. know. I don't I do. know. I do. Really? Yeah. I mean, I don't mean. I don't mean to be like, dude, we're coming here and we'd bomb the whole thing out. But okay. So hold on. Ours is a little different then. If, maybe if we change buildings. I think we could use the studio across the hall from us and we'd be fine. If we were in a new building tomorrow, maybe that would be different. I just think it's one of those things that it's like anything else where, you I know, mean, dude, this studio blows. So maybe if we're across the hall, it's better. But we know it. You know what I'm saying? But we know it. We're familiar with it. We're comfortable in it. I do, too. Because I'll be honest, even me switching studios, I think I sound, that's why I do most of my work in here is because I sound better in here. I'm more comfortable in here. I'm more confident in here. God, you hear me over there. But like, there is a little <laughs> bit of I move somewhere and all of a sudden it's like ah, wait what am I doing what what is this all right I gotta tell you I want to pay more attention to that with me because I don't think you're wrong and y- you know what I mean that there might be something to that it's just like for me as a sports fan I'm watching it's like dude the hoops the same size right I mean, it, right? it means the right. same thing the, the, dude, the court's the same well but it's just like that or that 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 scene in Hoosiers where you know the coach has to come Gene Hackman has to come and like measure the hoop and like yeah it's still 10 feet it's still you know but like it's true I mean it is there's something different about it it almost feels and dude I, let me tell you the amount of people who on Twitter and Facebook feel like the NBA finals or I'm I'm sorry, the NBA playoffs are fixed because of what's happening. Like, you know, sweeps aren't good. They need, you know, the advertisers, then they need this, then they need that. And it's like, I, I, you know, I don't know. I have always said about sports, I don't know if leagues are fixed. I know men are fixed. I do believe you can get to a ref here or there. I do believe you can get to a player here or there. I don't know if you necessarily can say we can't have four game sweeps. Yeah, because you, you don't necessarily have that control over does the ball go in the basket I or not. I believe in point shaving. I don't necessarily believe that the league depicts the outcome. That's one of those things that I know we talked about. It was last week or the week before where legalized sports gambling, and that is definitely something that these associations and leagues are going to have to keep a real eye on is because once you start losing that trust of the public that like, hey, this is, you know, this is... You're the Kardashians. Right, exactly. At that point, you do. You become. You might as well be, become a reality show. And yeah. like that's something they're really going to have to keep their thumb on. You don't want that. You don't want that. I think the argument is, is that if you legalize the gambling, that you have less of a chance of it you know, being in the sport that way. You know what I mean? That when you make things hide, is like that's yeah. when things get super yeah. criminal. You know what I mean? Like, you know, I don't know. I, I don't know what will happen there. I know I'm excited about legalized gambling. I, you know, I, I have said, and I said last week on the show that if you've never watched Sunday football, 
in a Las Vegas sports book. If you're a sports fan, there is no better other than being at the game. Your dude, your house doesn't even come close. Like your house doesn't even come close to a sports book. It is so great. There's always a really good buffet. The drinks are always really cheap. You got people who are rooting for every game. There's money on the line. The passion that's in it. It is one of the best environments to watch sports in ever. I love, dude. The sports book at the Mirage on the Strip is like, dude. Sunday morning because again, football's on. You know, pretty early out there. It is, it, dude. It's one of my favorite things to do in Las Vegas. Legitimately, it's one of my favorite things to do in Las Vegas. Speaking of Las Vegas, I saw you excited about something else in the sports world. There. Yeah, dude, the Las Vegas Golden Knights. Yeah, NHL hockey. This is, and, I, and here's why I love this, right? For years, I've been fighting this stereotype of Vegas off with people. You know, you can't put professional sports there because everybody's a transplant. Nobody's from there. They're not going to care about it. Is one of the dumbest arguments I've ever heard in my life. It is the entertainment, you can't say capital, but it is one of the entertainment like staples of this country. And so to not have one of our biggest forms of entertainment there is crazy. So sure enough, what happens? The first league to go in there is the NHL. Why? Because nobody cares about the NHL. Yeah, you roll the dice. So you there. roll the dice with the sport. Most people don't care about it all. And so what happens? Vegas now gets a professional sports team, and they go nuts over it. They sell out practices. You can't get tickets to the practices. So enough with the you can't get people to do it because they're not from there, right? And so sure enough, they won last night. They're going on to the Stanley Cup. I don't. I don't think the other side of that has been decided yet. I don't. I, I don't keep up on it enough. I'm watching like the the Golden Knights, and that's about it. Like that's about all I'm doing. But for me, I said this yesterday via Twitter. At Stansbury shows how you find that. That if I'm Major League Baseball, I want a franchise, I want a team in Las Vegas, and I'm sending Bryce Harper home. I'm sending Bryce Harper back to Vegas, and dude, let's put a shot in the arm to baseball. You need it. I, I, dude, baseball does a bad job of wrapping its arms around its stars and promoting them right. And if you sent Bryce Harper back to his home market, actually, I think that kid that is really good for the Blue Jays is from Vegas, too. Vegas breeds baseball stars. There's something about it. It must be the warmth. But they're, I mean, dude, send Bryce Harper home, and now you got Major League Baseball in a huge city, and you, you, you know, you get some good headlines with it. You got to wonder if they suck. Is it going to be the same? You know what I'm saying? Like, that's that's, that's, that's always going to be a part of it is like, well, if you got success going, that's very easy to wrap your arms around. And I don't know enough about the Golden Knights. Like, people, uh, like hockey fans tell me that the NHL kind of like slid them, like, you know, Excuse this pun, like a card from the middle of the deck. There it is. Like they kind of, like they kind of gave them one of those where it's like they kind of loaded up that roster so they could get. But do they went from like expansion team to now they're in the Stanley Cup playoffs? I just think that the success of it, like you said, definitely shows that it's going to be possible in areas where people talk about ah, it's not going to work there. It's not going to work there. Um, I think the Raiders are going to do gangbusters. Yes, there. that's one hundred percent. I I agree with that. I I'm think that's going to be a huge success. I will have Ra- I will have Vegas Raiders gear for sure. I actually ordered a uh, a Sin City hockey shirt last night. I'm all in on that. I'm all in on it. I think the Raiders are going to do huge numbers there. If I was the NBA, Major League Baseball, I'm putting teams in Vegas as fast as humanly possible. It's one of the entertainment capitals of the country. How are you not going to have the biggest forms of entertainment we have in that city? It makes absolutely no sense whatsoever. You're shot at $1,000 every single hour on the program. Let's do the first one right now. Joe, Rock 106.9. Welcome back to the Sandsbury Show and Rock 106.9. We'll talk to Scott from winningfornextyear.com. We'll do that at 8 o'clock. 
also get you hooked up with another $1,000 coming up 710 this morning. Then the rest of the week, we're going to be giving things away that's going to make Phantom freak out. Really? Yeah. Really? Dude, you're going to freak out. I don't even know what it is. I'm excited already. Do I get one of them? That's just it. You're not going to want to pass it out. Okay. <laughs> Which means maybe I should handle the phone. <laughs> Fell off the back of the truck. Yeah, Sorry, people. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah. I don't know where that came from. I don't know. I don't know how I landed here. Yeah, the rest of the week we'll do that, dude. You're going to be excited. Pumped. I'm already excited. I get asked a lot. Stansbury, if you weren't doing mornings at Rock 106.9, what would you be doing? Like, as far as like, if you, know, if you didn't work in the radio, what would you do? Hmm. And I never really know how to answer that because I don't really know. Because, well, I enjoy nothing. <laughs> I'm uh, I, I, I'm good at even less. <laughs> so like, I don't I don't know what I don't I don't know I don't know how to answer that. More often than not, Phantom, when I get that question, my mind wanders to not what I would do, but things I'd be terrified somebody would make me do. Right. What am I going to do when exactly. I inevitably get fired? What would I have to do? Okay. Okay. All right. And. There are jobs out there that people that have stronger stomachs than me, and thank God, are good at, and I would not be so great at, right? Okay. And I actually learned this the hard way once. When I was actually in the broadcasting school, there were internships that you could get, and one of them was you could work with the film crew in a hospital when they would like document surgeries. And if you hold that camera, it pays crazy. Like It pays crazy amounts of money. And so I was like, yeah, just shot my hand right up. Right. And then like the first week they sent me through the morgue and all that. So I was like, nope. And then I like had to zero the camera in and I watched incisions happen and your boy almost got sick. And I was like, nope, this isn't for me. Yeah, dude. I mean, anything in the medical profession for me, like, and I'm not afraid of blood, but like having to do that, having to see that, having to deal with that, I couldn't do it. I just couldn't. So another along those lines, another job that I would be bad at, that I would not want, and that more importantly, that you guys would not want me to have. Okay. Let's, let's set <laughs> it up right, that for way. the good of society here. Is an EMT. I would be bad at that job. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I just think it requires something that is hardwired in you that I think I maybe don't have. Right. And I think if I was to like see something happen right in front of me, I'm able to step up in the moment. I'd be able to help you. But like as a day in, day out occupation, that would not be the best thing for me. Yeah, I think EMTs probably often have to deal with in the moment decisions of like this went this, this did not go according to plan. I need to I need to immediately come up with something to fix it to, to to remedy it. And I think you could run into problems where you'd be like, "What do you mean this isn't in here? I'm, you know what? Just die. I don't care. Just die." That's what I see Look happening to you. You think anybody's going to miss that verse? <laughs> right. Yeah, that's no, exactly that's what I see happening. Yeah, I, dude, I am so the guy that would have to like put my lips on you to save you. Be like, this is the like this 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 person. <laughs> like, I'd be looking at you dead in your eye. I'd be like, dude, what'd you accomplish in life, dude? <laughs> Not worth it. Seriously, you know, tell me what's your credit score before I breathe in. <laughs> I, I am the. Guy. Oh my god, I would be such a bad EMT. I'd be terrible at it, right? And the reason I bring this up is because the body modification like movement. Mm-hmm. is making things very, very difficult for EMTs. So much so that now we need training classes. So firefighters and EMTs can learn how to like remove penis rings oh. and like sex Whoa. toys and like all this body modification, like this, you know, this stuff all around. So like they had to do, they, they, they took 600 firefighters and EMTs, got them together. Yeah. And then we're shown them how to like remove like a ring from around the penis because of the body modification thing that's happened. So what they do is apparently is that they wrap the penis itself 
right? And they bandage it up to avoid further injury. And then they take like a, like a flywheel and like, like kind of like hack it off. Or then they, <sighs> they use a paste, which I guess then is able to absorb up to 4,000 degrees Celsius. And like, and it spreads on the penis ring to prevent the burns there. But like, like they kind of weaken it and then they use a flywheel and hack it off. So they, they, they got like 600 people together and like put penis rings on dummies and sex toys, and like these people had to learn how to like remove this stuff. Yeah, I guess I never thought of the heat element there, but uh, dude, if you're using, you know, if, if you're trying to saw something off of your dong right there, that's gonna be a real problem. I, 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 I guess I never factored that into it. I would have never thought about this being a problem, but listen to this. In recent months, EMTs have been called out because crochet needles had been stuck in a man's uh, urethra. Oh my god. Oh, Jesus, dude. Jeez. Bro, I got to tell you, I wasn't prepared for that sentence. Like, <laughs> it's 6.30 I, in the morning, dude. Dude, God. Like, the, the amount of pain that that would be, right? A, uh, an, another guy had his penis trapped in a bottleneck and even a case involving an apple inserted. Oh, oh my geez. God. Yeah, no. A, <laughs> a, guy, a guy stuck an apple up himself, dude, which that couldn't have felt good. No, but I don't know if it was about feeling good. I was probably just like, see if I can do this. That's a job. Now, again. You don't think about this kind of stuff, right? You think EMT, the first thing that you think of, I guarantee you, right now in this country is A, car crash, yep. B, overdose. Okay. Is the two things you're thinking when you think EMT. Okay. At least that's what I'm thinking when I hear it, right? But these, dude, you show up on the scenes of this stuff, and what are you going to do? Like, another guy actually got stuck, like, he took a weight from the gym. And, you know, they have the, like, the, yeah. he got that stuck Jeez. around him. They had to, like, hack that thing off. I, um, I guess it's one of those things that you, as a first responder, and we always say this about cops, but I guess maybe it just doesn't fall into the EMT as much. You just don't know what you're going to go deal with in a day-to-day. You show up to work. You and I show up to work. Sansbury and I basically know what's going to happen. Is there going to be some, like, well, what are we going to talk about here? What's going to happen What? Here? We're playing the Red Hot Chili <laughs> right. Peppers. <laughs> right. We know what's going to happen. Nirvana. You're an EMT. You've got zero clue what you're walking into, and that includes dong rings. Like I, dude, I, I, yeah. As much as I would like a job that kept me on my toes like that, <laughs> I, I, I think the toes is where I don't want to be. <laughs> I feel like my toes is the last. I'm a little too heavy to be up on there. I, I need, I need to be on the flat feet. More Stansberry show right around the corner. You guys, hang on. The Stansberry Show. I have got to get in on this. Rock 106. Now. Rock 106.9. Welcome back to the Sandsbury Show. We're on Rock 106.9. We're online for you at WRQK.com. And we have $1,000 to give you at 710 this morning. So I um, I took a lot of heat a few weeks ago about being, I don't want to say anti, just not pumped about Avengers movies. I... I remember I saw the first Avengers movie when I was living in Vegas and um, I had actually had my life like upended when they were filming the first one in Cleveland. I worked downtown then and they like the craft services, like the food was like right outside like my office door. Like so like getting in and out every day was like a bitch and like that whole thing. I had to deal with that whole thing. Right. And I remember saying to the first Avengers movie, it's like, dude, if this, if it, like, I really feel like if it weren't filmed in Ohio, you'd be like, all right, it's kind of good. But like, I feel like people in Ohio really loved it. But these things have caught steam, right? There's been like 11 of them now, and like the last one, I don't know, did over a billion dollars, almost two billion globally, right? And so now there's another one of these Marvel franchises that's pretty big, Deadpool. The first movie was massive. 
And now the second one just came out. And it already beat the Avengers Affinity War for the opening weekend. Deadpool 2 did $125 million opening weekend. $125 million. Now here's the question I can't seem to find an answer to. Not who's going to these movies, because people go to movies, right? What I don't understand is, is that, is it not the same audience for Avengers and Deadpool? Like, aren't, isn't it the same group of people? How are these movies beating one another, is what I want to know. It's the same group of people, right? Yeah, primarily. I mean, the thing I'm going to say is that, like, Avengers rated PG-13, Deadpool rated R. So, I'm, I, do, you, do you happen to know what the Avengers opening weekend was? I like, don't remember what they did. I think, but I, like I said, I know they did almost $2 billion globally in its run. But $125 million opening weekend for Deadpool 2 topples it. And I remember a guy texted me or, you know, tweeted at me last week because Solo's coming out on Friday and said, you know, what do you think is going to do better? And I was like, dude, I was like, I think Solo will beat Deadpool 2. But now I'm not so sure. There has been a changing of the guard here. Like, it used to be Star Wars was the franchise that did this. And then, you know, you'd occasionally run into some other stuff, you know, Jurassic Park or whatever. But, like, you could bank on Star Wars. But now these comic book movies, there's been a changing of the guard for sure. These are the bigger of the two franchises now for sure. So I got to wonder, what is Disney doubling down on Star Wars for with all these parks and all this stuff? Like, shouldn't it be Infinity War Park, Deadpool Park? Yeah, you got to diversify. You know what I'm saying? You got you to gotta, you gotta spread yourself. When you have this many powerhouses, when you consider Marvel, when you consider Star Wars, and when you consider Disney princesses, I mean, dude, Jeez. you've got things on lock. lock. And that's just like... The Disney, like, things that you know. Disney. Right, where it's like, I mean, you throw ESPN into the mix. ABC. Right, you throw all these different things in there. And it's, uh, it's, 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 it's one of those things where I'm sure they feel... All right, we have we have we have the capital to give you this kind of leeway. You're going to make this money back for us. Star Wars, okay, you're over here doing this for us. There's there's they've got a plan going. Walt Walt did something right. I yeah. I I just I gotta wonder if Star Wars can even compete now. And because let me tell you what's going to work against it is that I think the success of Infinity War helps Deadpool do better. Where. I know not everybody disliked The Last Jedi, but enough people did where you got guys like me. I'm a hardcore Star Wars fan, and I don't like that movie. I tried to watch it twice more at my house. I shut it off both times. If I can't make it through a Star Wars movie, I'm sorry. It's not very good. And so now, as a guy who wants to see Solo, I'm not pumped about it. Will I go see it? Yeah. Do I want to? Sure. Am I pumped about it like I would have been before The Last Jedi? Not even close. And I think that that is is, is going to be part of this. And there has been a legit changing of the guard now, I think. Where it's like, I think that these, obviously, I mean, look, I mean, I just, I don't understand how they're beating one another. It's the same group of people. It's the same, right? If you like Avengers, don't you like Deadpool and vice versa? Yeah, but I think that's what you're seeing there is you're seeing... This is a big fan base, and this is a fan base that will show up, and that's something you got to factor in too. Is that like you got to have you got to have fans that are willing to come to your events, to come be a part of it, to buy your stuff, and dude, they've hit it, and they obviously understand how to market to those people. Like Ryan Reynolds has been on every goddamn TV show, magazine cover. I mean, the guy has just been nonstop well, over the past two weeks. Not only that, he's really good with social media. 
Like, as far as celebrities go, Ryan Reynolds and, like, dude, here's the thing about that guy. Like, I was so early on Ryan Reynolds, like, way early. As a matter of fact, this is another Disney product. goes all the way back to ABC. He used to be on a crappy sitcom. Yeah, it's, that, movie, that show sucked. <laughs> Two guys, a girl, and a pizza place. That show sucked. It was terrible. But you could see Ryan Reynolds' talent jumping off the stage all the way back then. Dude, he left off the TV screen back then. I remember telling my girlfriend at the moment, I was like, dude, that kid's going to be a huge star. You can just see it. And sure enough, here he is. It's just, some people have it, some people don't. Ryan Reynolds does legitimately have it. I got to give him that. But I saw Deadpool. I own Deadpool. I have have Deadpool on Blu-ray. And I I could not care any less about going to see Deadpool 2. Like I just I, I don't I, I don't know why I love the first one. Yeah, I like the first one a lot. Um, I don't know if it's gonna be a theater. Like if it's like, dude, I have to go see this in theaters. To me, that feels like, ah, eh, just wait for it. Like I'm not I'm not like, oh, dude, I gotta go see. Right, because it's a guy in a red suit who swears. And so like I like I said last week about you know it, it's kind of it, dude, you're getting to the Mike Myers territory with these movies a little bit with Deadpool. It's like I get it, dude. He says the f word. You know what I mean? It's like if you keep hammering the same joke over and over again, I'm eventually going to give up on it. I didn't know this. It's, I, I'm being asked, isn't Deadpool part of Fox's family, or did Disney take that over or finally happen? 21st Century Fox is owned by Disney, right? I thought so. Yeah. Right? Didn't Well, yeah. and De- Deadpool's different than the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Those are two different things you got going on. And X-Men, I think, is in that same universe as Deadpool there. So that's not necessarily the same Marvel Universe as Avengers, if, if I'm getting all my nerd facts straight here. A guy here has got another take on this that he might be right. He says what Deadpool's a lot shorter of a film. It only runs about an hour 45, oh, which, beautiful. thank God. Beautiful. So you get more show times. It's high on the comedic value and action and less on the story than Avengers was. Okay. All right. I could see that. I could, I, I, that's a legit take there where, where you're showing me another side of what might happen. These are the biggest opening weekends of all time. Um, Iron Man 3 at number 10. Disney's Beauty and the Beast at number 9. Captain America Civil War. Avengers Age of Ultron. Black Panther, Marvel's The Avengers, Jurassic World, Star Wars The Last Jedi, Star Wars The Force Awakens, and Avengers Affinity War. This, I don't know, obviously it hasn't been updated, um, but... It's like, what, 8 out of 10? Uh, Iron Man Disney, Beauty and the Beast Disney, Captain America Disney, Avengers Disney, Black Panther Disney, Marvel's The Avengers Disney, Jurassic World, I believe. So we're talking 9 out of 10 and maybe 10 out of 10 Disney-owned products here. Dude, they're doing all right. The mouse is doing all right. Wow. I'm, now somebody else is telling me Infinity did $250 million. Yeah, that was worldwide. I'm talking $125 million domestic for the weekend, which is higher than what Avengers Infinity War did, which was 115 opening weekend domestic. You're, that 250 was worldwide. So I don't know what Deadpool did worldwide over this weekend, but my whole point was is to tell you this, is that if you would have told me two years ago there was going to be franchises that could beat Star Wars at the box office, I would have laughed at you and told you you were crazy. But there's been an official changing of the guard. And I got to wonder now if the people behind Star Wars movies aren't like, Jesus, what are we even doing this for? Like, we're going to put these things out and we're not the thing. We're not the thing anymore. It's complete. I think there's a real legitimate changing of the guard. Because like I said, I'm the biggest Star Wars fan there is. And I will go see Solo, but I don't really care. I'm just kind of like, eh, dude, The Last Jedi kind of ruined it. I mean, they kind of, I mean, dude, that movie was so bad. I mean, awful bad that it just kind of ruined the whole thing for me.
People are split on this last weekend with Rock on the Range, and they're bringing up some interesting points, and I think that some things do need to be looked at. So we're going to take a look at that, and we'll also get you hooked up with $1,000 next on Rock 106.9. The Stansberry Show. That guy knows how to party. Rock 106.9. Welcome back to The Stansberry Show. We're on Rock 106.9. We're online at WRQK.com. Pass out this $1,000 momentarily. Do have to go backwards a little bit, though. This is how fake news happens. So Deadpool did not beat Infinity War opening weekend. It beat it this last weekend at the box office. This is how fake news happens. The headline's completely different. You go back and read it. This guy, Dwayne, sent it to me. $250 million is what Infinity War did domestically, openly. You actually got to, when you, when you really read through it, Deadpool did not beat it opening weekend. It beat it this last weekend at the box office. But the headline and the articles are completely different. Also, not only that, I got three articles that are telling me that that information is not true. But we went back and looked at it for, through Variety, who I trust when it comes to entertainment. And they have it actually third. Deadpool 2 is third, I believe. But it's it, so it just beat it this last weekend. But this is, dude, this is how fake news happens. This is exactly how it happens right here. Not that, you know, movie openings is news, but, you know, whatever. So Rock on the Range happened this last weekend. Right. And um, I had tickets and I decided to give them to a friend. I decided to give them to somebody who I was like, you know what, you're going to go, and I'll him-haw all weekend. We'll talk about how I want to go, and then I won't drive down there, and I won't want to park, and I won't want to buy a hotel and that whole thing, right? So I ended up passing my tickets out. But I saw, I kept up to date with it as much as I could via social media, right? Because I had a bunch of friends who were down there. And they, what, evacuated map? Is it is it Map Fear? Map Free. Map Free Stadium. They, they, they evacuated it, I think, twice. And there were like hours on end. And this happened last year. Yeah. And people were furious. Yeah. And at first my reaction was, oh, Jesus Christ, what's the big deal? And then I realized it's like, well, I haven't paid for a concert ticket in 20 years. Exactly. <laughs> like So, like, of course, I don't think it's a big deal. I, I don't buy concert tickets. But if I had to pay, I'd be furious. Um, Me and my girlfriend went last year, and I remember her saying to me, like, yo, how many tax rebate checks is this so so many what a good observation from your woman because it's right outside of tax season you get it like you know you get a thousand bucks back and all of a sudden that's part of it and all of a sudden it's like yo we got money for rock on the range tickets we got money for a hotel right there and then all of a sudden dude you know 13 dollar bun lights are like yeah man this is my tax rebate right here yeah dude i'm telling you right now wow dude that was that's a that's a good piece of insight from your woman she's right about that so a lot of what I saw over the weekend was, why is this thing in, 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 in this part of May when we know it's storm season? And honestly, I think we just figured out why. <laughs> like, I, I really do. I, dude, it might be as simple as that. It's like, well, people will have money right around then, so you'll do it. Right? But you got to wonder, why are you still doing it right now? That if this is going to be a problem... Mm-hmm. And let's be honest, the bands don't get screwed at all. They're being paid no matter what. <laughs> they don't care at all, dude. I don't, I don't have to play and I still get paid. <laughs> of course. So dude. the only people that get screwed are the people that you need for the thing to be successful, which can't be a good business model. No, I mean, I guess you're probably going to get into the territory here of like, well, we sell out every year, dog. You know what I mean? Like, there's probably a little bit of that. Where- okay, well, that's one of those things that where I would say you have sold out every year. Pride cometh before the fall. Sure. And that if you don't sure. that if you don't change the model. Now, 
again, I guess last night went off without a hitch. I, as a matter of fact, the person I gave my tickets to texted me last night and said, thank you so much. Tool is amazing. This is one of the best shows I've seen. Tool was the headliner last night. That was the end of it all, right? I believe so. I believe Godsmack and then Tool was like kind of how they closed out Sunday night, um, which not bad there. I know you're not the biggest Tool fan. I no. I personally love them. Um, but I saw a lot of move it inside. And I'm not sure you can do that with all the stages, right? Because then how do you block the sound? Which, I mean, I guess you still would offset the times like you do outside. But, you know, there's sound check. There's all that kind of stuff where it's like, you know, fine tuning and, you know, guitar text. Inside, I think it's going to bleed. Well, and I think more than anything, like, open air venues are the way that events are supposed to be for me. Like, I get it. Like, you know, in the middle of winter, you can't do a concert outside. You can't play a basketball game outside. So, like, I understand it. Um, but there's something about going to, especially since it's not a concert, because it's not. It's not like, you know, like if you're going to, you know, Tuesday night, Hall and Oates, that's a concert because there's, you know, two artists playing right. that you're going to go see. This is an all day festival. It's a whole weekend, a three day yeah. festival. You can't just go have that at the queue. You can't. Like, I don't know I, how, how, how do you even do it? It's almost a shame that we don't have. Again, this is why legalized sports gaming is going to be good. Is because what I think you'll see is, dude, these casinos are going to build Vegas type stuff attraction. If you're rocking the range, think about this: you don't want a venue where the hotel rooms are built in. Of course you do. Yeah, you do. Well, you dude, want a piece of that? What a pain in the ass it is every year to get rock on the range hotels because, like, as soon as you get your tickets, you, you have to, you have to book a hotel. I'm willing like, to bet some of the hotels are booked that weekend next year already. I was gonna say, I think it was two or three years ago. Me, me, and my girlfriend and my buddy went, and like we had to. I think it was like a year out, and it was just like, well, dude, maybe we're gonna go, maybe we're not. Like, just book the hotel. If we don't use it, obviously, you can cancel the booking. But, like, my buddy's like, yeah, I guess, you know, I'll just put it on, you know, and and, and and luckily we ended up going. But, I mean, I guess they evacuated for three hours and nothing happened. <sighs> like, nothing happened. I, I get it, though. You're, you're, you're number one in the heart of storm country while a storm season is happening. And, like, what's the cost of inaction there? You know what well, I mean? Here's why it bothers me a little bit. Is that it's not about you? Not at all. Like they'll no no no, and that's what people like. Th- that's not what they'll tell. That's what rocket. Well, we have to think about your safety. They don't care about you at all. What they don't want is some guitar player from the next up and coming band on stage get electrocuted. He dies, and then the record label has enough money to sue them, and then Rock on the Range is never a thing ever again. That's what they're worried about. They don't care. They're not no. worried if you get wet. <laughs> no, not not at all. <laughs> they, don't if you're care, they don't care about that at all. No, that does not, not matter. Close. It's uh, I, dude, I don't know who puts Rock on the Range on. I don't know. I don't know like what that what that group is. I have a feeling we might be told in a little while here. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I don't know what else they do. Like, you know, obviously, Rock on the Range. Rocklahoma. Well, that's what I was going to say. Is like, you've got Rock on the Range, which to us feels like, dude, it's the biggest rock festival on the close. planet. And then they move it out to out west, and there's another one. And then they move it into the mountains, and there's another one. And it's basically the same show. Because, I mean, all these bands are going to, you know, they're, they're going to go where the money is. Well, everybody so like, knows. Is that you, that, that, and what do I always say? Is that the, the average... The, the, the average human being, your expectation of entertainment per dollar spent is wildly askew. It's way higher than it should be. and But perception's reality, and these bands kind of know that. It's like, okay, well, if this is what this needs to happen, then we got to play every single one of these. Everything's a festival now. 
Every, it's like like everything's like go to a basketball game. Here's the fire. Here's the girls. Here's this. Here's that. Because you can't just sit there and enjoy the 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 thing itself. No, I mean production value and like you said, added added percepted value of like, hey, I spent I spent thirty dollars for this ticket. I want to see something more than that. And I mean, yeah, it, but I, isn't that why the ticket is sixty five instead of thirty? Is I, because I'm being hustled. Well, and as you go further up the ladder, there. And I mean, these, I mean, rock on the range three day pass, probably three hundred twenty five, fifty bucks, something like that. Oh Almost God. four, I would say, in that general vicinity, between three and four hundred bucks. So like, you do have to. I mean, actually, you, for tickets though, if you were to go see Tool Godsmack. Stone Sour. I'm trying to think of some of the other, like, because most of the day shows, it's all bands that are never going to be in. But even if you wanted to throw in those bands, which are relatively obscure, you're still spending twenty dollars for a concert ticket yes. to go see a Monomarth. You know what I mean? Like, what? It, it's actually a really good deal. If you're a concert going person, the, the price of Rock on the Range isn't bad. Yeah, I mean, if, if 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 like you said, if we broke it up to Avenged Sevenfold, Stone Sour, all these different bands that you want to go see, it's like you well, I can get more. it all done. Now there is a difference here, and I think people. Lose, lose sight of this at festivals. I remember I saw Primus Rock on the Range last year, and I walked away so unsatisfied because they only Set. played for like forty-five minutes. None of their like normal like craziness was part of it because it's like, dude, get up there, get we're up play, there. We're playing Bird for an hour. It. Yeah, I'm not, I'm not busting right. out the entire thing. Les is just gonna go up there where the big mask wants. Like, so there is a little bit of, of yeah, you think it's a good value, but then you go and it's like, dude, I wanted to see you for more than thirty minutes. Yeah, I, you know, I forgot about set times and yeah. like things like that. You're right, because when you love a band, what you want is to see what you want to see. You want, you know what I mean? You want to make sure they play everything you want to play. It's just, I, I wonder if they're going to, I mean, that, again, social media, it can change opinions. Yeah. And so when you're rock on the range and your hashtag is all over the internet all weekend long and you're being trashed because people are pissed at you because they have to leave the stadium and you're evacuating for three hours and it doesn't even rain. Like, I got to be honest with you. Like, I, you got to wonder if they're not sitting around there today while they're counting their money laughing going, nope, we're going to do this exactly the same way we did this year. Your shot at $1,000 right now. Rock 106.9. Welcome back to the Sands Show. We're on Rock 106.9. Talk to Scott from Winning for Next Year.com. We'll do that at 8. Game 4 Eastern Conference Finals this evening at the Q. Most people feeling like the Cavs going to tie up 2-2. Where are you at on that? You feel like that might happen? I don't feel as confident as other people do. I really? certainly think it's possible. Obviously, the Cavaliers put on, put forth a hell of a performance on uh, on Saturday night there. Um, but I don't necessarily think that it's safe to assume that the Celtics are going to repeat their performance. So I, I, I don't feel as confident as other people. Celtics have been a little bit bad on the road in these playoffs. Um, I figured going down 0-2 in Boston, you come back here, gate, the first game in Cleveland, LeBron and company would kind of be like, all right, you know what? We we got to stop the bleeding here. And I figured LeBron would go like next level and kind of like kind of carry it and win game one. I'm like you. I worry that that is not going to be as easy as in this game as it wasn't in, in the last one. Luckily, Saturday, I don't feel like LeBron really had to go into God mode just because I think he only scored like 27 and that's a lot of points. No question about it. But it's not what he has been doing. But it's not 42 and he was able right. to get some, some, some rest, you know, in the fourth quarter there. So if anything, I would say maybe tonight's night, LeBron's like, dude, I got to carry this team. Fair. I got to score 40 plus points. I got to have, you know, 15 assists. Like, uh, you know, so maybe that's the thing that gets that gets the Cavaliers over. That's but I, uh, 830 tonight, I, uh, I'm excited. Yeah, I'll be up watching this one. I, I, I will stay up and watch this one. I think if you were to ask, especially, well, single men, what's important to them? One of the things that would be on it 
was is to be able to make themselves attractive to the uh, the opposite sex, right? Okay. What you're trying to do is like build, you know, is, is sew the net together, to, you know, catch the fish. There, I yeah. get you. I get you. That's exactly right. And so, I'm reading through here different ways where you can do that on how you can make yourself more attractive. And one of them is, and I would have to imagine that this is true, is to stop the selfie. Just stop it. Women say this, essentially, that it's okay for them and not okay for you. One woman says, selfies are like purses. They're for women, not men. Now, I'm happy a woman wrote that, because if I was to say that as a man, oof, watch out, Twitter be all up on me. But she's kind of right that there are that there is something about this. Now we're all guilty of it, myself included. We're all guilty of this these days. It's how we take photos. It's the way we're going. But it is a vain thing to do. And it is and I think there's something about that where being that into yourself like that as a man, I think comes off different than it does when you're a woman. Yeah, there's a couple of different things going on there. First and foremost, I feel like dudes don't necessarily have the photogenic eye on themselves quite like women do, where they'll take 17 selfies and make sure they get a good one. Filter it. Dudes dudes will just gra- like grab it, take an unflattering angle at themselves, take it, and be like, here it is. This right. is what I look like. And it's like, idiot. Yeah, like that's You, you got to try to make yourself look a little bit better there. I am so that idiot. Um, and then there's, you know, and then there's, it's been pointed out to me before and that this is kind of a new thing. And I think initially it was like an alpha male and beta male kind of thing here. And, and it was supposed to be like, you're, you know, you're a cuck if you, uh, if you do this. Um, but what people have, have brought up is, you know, uh, most dudes, if you're taking a picture of something, like, like, let's, let's say you got a new Star Wars memorabilia thing. Okay. Real, say. <laughs> well, r- real men, and I guess it should be something more manly than a Star Wars memorabilia, but real men would take a picture of the thing posted online. Cucks, beta males, will take a picture of themselves in front of the thing smiling like, ah, uh, and it's like, that's, like, that's bitch made. Because it's like, what are, you, what are you putting your dumb face in there for, smiling, taking this picture on yourself? I was going to say, I kind of agree with that. Yeah, like, what are you, wh- why are you putting yourself with your mouth half open, like that half open mouth smile? And again, if you go through my Instagram, dan.stansberry, I'm willing to bet you're going to be able to find Come 30 on. of those. You know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> I'm willing to bet you're going to do, there's just going to be a grip of them in there. Another thing they say that can make you more attractive to women, and I don't recommend this one at all. They say, carry a guitar. Now, I know every musician just heard me go, no, man, guitars, chicks love them. Right. right. But if you're just walking around with it, like, dude, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, what, what, what are you, John Bon Jovi? You got the six strings <laughs> strapped to your back? You know what I mean? Riding the steel horse, baby. Sometimes I ride. I mean, <laughs> no, 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 no. And, dude, the, the acoustic guitar guy at the party is always a douche. Um, He's a douche. I'm trying to come up with a situation where it would be right. I guess maybe outside party is the only only thing I could come up with were maybe bonfire party. Maybe your guitar playing would be appreciated. Bonfire because none of those people have electricity. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, like that's where that goes. They say you got to give up on the corny pickup lines with women too. And again, yeah, I would think so. Like I don't think I've ever really used a pickup line. No, I don't think so either. I don't think I've ever. I'm 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 I, I'm I'm big on like, hey, I observed this. You probably saw that too. Ha ha! Look at that. But a pickup line in the sense of like, you know, boy, did it hurt from heaven? Because or, or did it hurt when you fell from heaven? Like, what are you talking about? Right. I mean, we've all seen the memes. You know what I mean? Like that. And so, like, it, it's, they're gonna know it's not an original thing. 
But I, I do understand how it happens, though, because, and what do I always say about this, is that as cocky as men are, what that comes from is, is that, uh, and a man's going to lie to you, but, dude, men are t- terrified of women especially beautiful women we are terrified of you and so what happens there is that you start going well i can't be me i'll do this thing and then i'll whip out this line from this movie because it worked and then it's very easy to hide behind like oh well that's why she didn't that's why she didn't go for me it's not because i suck it's because you know My, that line right, went right i never thought about that but yeah you're absolutely right i bet that does build a security blanket for you in there they say what you should do is travel with a squad have two buddies with you at all times, they say. Yeah, usually, yeah, I think that works. Well, you look like you're a more fun person, and but you will run the risk of not being the best-looking one in the group, right? Chance very possible there. Maybe one of your friends is funnier than you. Maybe one of your friends. But what I will say there in the pickup mode is, number one, odds are more than likely you don't have a chick by herself at the bar. Unlikely. I mean, yes, it happens, but more likely she has friends with yeah, her. Yeah, but what's her story? But, but, but uh, you've also got a little bit of a built-in buffer zone there because you start talking to this girl. One of your buddies comes over, and there's a little bit of, like, extra conversation that we can have and there's a little bit of you know yeah, but how many times have you been in this situation where there you are you're having a conversation with the girl and you're doing great like you're knocking it out right. of the park right and the buddy who's fallen on the fat girl grenade <laughs> you know what i mean like 20 minutes into it decides i can't do this anymore man <laughs> and he just starts saying wild stuff you know what i mean and the next thing you know they both walk out yeah, and you gotta happens. find a new place to go they also say buzzwords are very very big in like in your online profiles not even like your dating profiles just like like facebook and that kind of stuff they say you got to use positive words to, to trap the women there. Like words like creative or ambitious or laugh are all positive. And if you use more of those, it's subtle, but it will help you. Yeah, I think I can buy into that. I mean, don't get me wrong. Misery loves company, and I'm sure you can find somebody to wallow around and, and, and hate themselves with you. Um, but as a whole, especially in the beginning of like that, that those first couple of dates, like nobody wants to be around somebody miserable. If all you're doing online is complaining or, you know, man, these chicks, they just blah, 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 blah. I can't believe, you know, and then dude, somebody's going to read that and be like, God, I'm not hanging out with you, you psychopath. Yeah, because, again, you got to remember, I, I think... Not everybody, but a lot of people think, well, what did you do? Like, like, right, like I'm reading your timeline, you're bitching about her, but what led to that? Right. Like, what'd you do that you don't think that you did? And that's what I say about, dude, guys, dude, women want to have sex. Honestly, I think, if, if, if I'm being honest, more than men. Guys get in their way and talk themselves out of so much sex. It's crazy. We're both bartenders part time. How many times have you seen that standing at the bar where it's like, dude, this girl, this is a ball hit over the fence. Just stick your mitt out. It's done. And guys screw it up just by saying too much. Yeah, there's 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 definitely points where, yes, you are taking the lead in things. But there's also times you just let it simmer, man. Just let it be like let let that let that chili sit in that crock pot for four hours. and You're going to be okay at the end of the night. I, I, but I, I have a little bit of this problem myself, though, is like I have to fight the temptation sometimes to make myself laugh. Like there are very there are a ton of times where I'll be out to dinner with a, like a woman or maybe you're just having drinks, maybe some coffee or whatever. And I'll think of something really funny that's not going to play at the table. 
But and and my thing is is like I always here's my big issue too is that I think, dude, if I torpedo this, the story's going to be great right. Monday morning. Right. You know what I mean? And like that's, and I care more about the radio show than I do about my penis. It's like the one thing I care more about than my penis. Other than, dude, it's pretty much radio show, golf swing, penis. Okay. It's like essentially right, like that's the hierarchy. And so like I will screw that one up a lot. They say lend a helping hand, donate your time, is very sexy to women. And here's the one I don't like. And okay. I'm sure that that works out for you uh, very well. They say borrow a set of Hot Wheels from your friend. Borrow okay. a nice car. Okay. And it's like, no, dude, if I got to trap you with things that I don't really have, then this is going to go off the rails fast. Yeah, especially right out of the gate there, you're establishing yourself as a liar. I mean, like it, you, yeah. you are, and like if- well, not only that, but I'm, but then all I'm pulling in is some vapid chick who cares about the car I drive, which ultimately I'm not sure that that's the basis of anything substantial. Now, if you're looking to get laid, that will work. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, that's why men buy nice cars. Women are getting high. In a fashion that I don't think men would have thought about. Okay. Women have created this new way to get stoned in the middle of the day, and you have no idea they're doing it. Can't wait. That's next on Rock 106.9. The Stansberry Show. Rock 106.9. Welcome back to The Stansberry Show on Rock 106.9. 930. We'll pass out these Coheed and Cambria tickets to that show July 29th. Jacob's Pavilion in Cleveland. We'll get you into that. I like that band. They're good. I feel like they're a little underrated. They're good live, too. I've seen them a couple times. Mm -hmm. Very good live. I dig that band. Always have. Also, talk to Scott from winningfornextyear.com. We'll do that coming up at 8. So, I, I, I read about this over the weekend, and I'm not surprised. Because boredom can set in no matter how old you are. Mm-hmm. And I would actually think... That it's one of those things where when you're really young, you could be bored, and the older you get, you're going to be bored. Because the younger you are, everybody else depicts what when you do stuff, mm-hmm. right? And then with the older you are, your friends start dying off, you don't right. do as much, you lose contact with friends, you're kind of on your own. Nothing matters, I'm sure, when you're old. You know what I mean? Like, what do I care, dude? You I'm hear that? Just drive off the road. <laughs> I mean, like, <laughs> that's, that's you don't matter. how it is. Right? So out of London now, this woman, like a, a little bit of a socialite, right? Okay. Has been hosting dinner parties forever, she says. And her and her friends are kind of like cool and trendy. Now, they're all over 50, but they're kind of cool and kind of like stay up to date on stuff. And she's like, dude, we're trying all the new food trends. We're trying all the new stuff that everybody's talking about. We're all into it, right? Okay. I get how older people feel the the desire to hold on to younger things because Pressure it's like, even. right, this is the only thing that's keeping me alive. I mean, God, what? how sad is that? Where I want to be like, relevant. Right. Well, right. So she's been hosting these parties, these dinner parties. And she said, it just started to get obvious that as much as the food is good, and yeah, we enjoy each other's company, and oh, tell me about that book or whatever, that that's all great. But she noticed they were starting to have less and less fun, and definitely not as much fun as when they were younger. Mm-hmm. Now, I think that's probably standard, right? I bet the older that you get, that most people, I would think, and it sounds a little sad, you probably have less fun overall. When do you think peak fun is? Well, I, I, I bet a, I bet putting a baseline on that is tough. I think um, because I, I think look at you and I, right? Right? Like we have a we have a very fun job, right? And so I think peak fun for me would have been probably mid to late thirties. But for most people, I bet it's nineteen. I was gonna say I was gonna say college age. Between yeah, right 18, around there. Eighteen and twenty-two is probably the point in your life you're having the most fun. I mean, why do you why, why do you still listen to the music you were growing up with? Mm-hmm. It's because it's tied to fun stuff, right? Mm-hmm. So yeah, I, I, that's probably that's probably a a, a good estimation there. But she said, you know, when we were younger, we were having much more fun. 
So what they've decided to do now to kick up these dinner parties, and you just think about your mom going to one of these, okay. right? What they're doing is they're taking brie, which is cheese, yeah. right? And I don't really get down with like that, that that soft cheese trend. I'm not really. Eh, it's all right. They put, fancy people put it on crackers and fruit, and they're like, oh, it's brie. Yeah, it's yeah. all right. I mean, I'm not wild about okay. it, right? It's not, it's right. not my thing. But these women now, to have more fun at their dinner parties, are wrapping brie around MDMA. Whoa. Your, your mom's popping Whoa. Molly in brie, dude. Whoa. Like she's just getting, dude. You know what I mean? Like that's nuts. And the more I think about it, it's like, well, yeah. Right? I mean, this is getting three bottles of wine drunk at a dinner party, right? Yeah. I mean, it's essentially, that's what it is. Uh, uh, from you and I's perspective, and I think Stansbury and I both support the concept of like, well, drugs should be legal. Like that's, you, you've, you know, you're going to have more responsibility with it than, than, than illegally right there. So is, morally, is it any different to me? No, but let's be real legally about it. Is. Well, legally, and let's be real about the effects of said intoxicants right there. Um, you fair. know what drunk feels like, and you know what tripping your balls off feels like too. So like those are are two very different things right there. MDMA makes you want to bang everything. Everything, And I'm dude. not talking humans. Like, literally, you will climb on top of a newspaper machine. Does just, it fit in there? All right. And just, dude, you will literally dry hump anything you get your hands on. Um... It's it's definitely a and it, it, I'd, I'd be interested to know are these ladies getting like straight MDMA which is what kids call Molly or like acid which you know there's there are ecstasy there's there's definitely different layers of like how how deep you're gonna go into this but like where are these grandmas getting these drugs? Well, I guess one of the grandmas had been given MDMA by her daughter, and she says here we had no idea how to take it. Some of us have done cocaine before, but we had never taken MDMA. Right. So I called my son, who told us not to sniff it, but you swallow because it is powder. But they, but you swallow it. So we wrapped some of the powder in a cigarette paper and put it in brie, and then we each ate it. She goes nothing for about forty minutes. But then the colors <laughs> in the rug seem to have a more vivid color to them and before i knew it she was in an in-depth conversation about her fantasy sex life with an old friend if 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 you've ever done hallucinogenics you know that moment when something's different when all of a sudden you don't know what's exactly changed or like you're looking at something and you're like wait a second everybody who's changed everybody who's ever taken those drugs knows this phrase <laughs> somewhere out of barstow the drug started to take hold <laughs> everybody knows that line if you like those kind of drugs dude and it's Here's the thing I've always said about hallucinogens and MDMA and Molly and that kind of stuff is that I'm surprised these women are 50 and doing that. Like, dude, those kind of drugs, they kind of have, like, there's an age where it's like there's a cutoff for me. Where it's like, dude, you can't really be messing with that. Dude, I would never hallucinate ever again. Um, The thing I'll say about it is, is that, like, ever. You get to a certain age and... I would be concerned about like my heart blowing up. You know what I mean? Like that's yeah. because like that's that's the thing that would be like, dude, I'm 50. I don't know if I can handle this anymore. I'm 65 years old, bro. I shouldn't be doing this. Like this is way too much for me. So if you're doing it in low doses, and I know there's been a lot of talk, and there's a book out by Michael Pollan who um, usually writes books about food, but this time he was writing books about psychedelic drugs and kind of how that's changed him. If you low dose these things, there's a lot of you know studies and stuff that show. 
this can help with depression. This can help with, you know, your end of life care Whoa. terms and stuff like that. But that's not just like popping mollies and just like rolling with it. I mean, that's where all these drugs come from. It's all, you know, based out of labs where they're trying to like look into that kind of stuff. So, yeah, that doesn't surprise me at all. This is why I could never be a parent right here. Because okay. as we're talking about this story, all I want to do is go to Vegas, wrap MDMA and cheese, and <laughs> give it to my mom and just watch her trip her balls off, dude. Like, for real. But again, you touched on this earlier in this conversation. I don't have a ton of time here. Um, but I, I feel like this country is right on the verge of ready for a, a re-examining of vice in this country. As again, we're getting ready to legalize sports gambling here, right? That's vice, right? Prostitution is vice. Drugs are vice. And we're legalizing marijuana pretty much everywhere in the country. I think it's time to have the conversation of, should we just open the doors to vice and just tax the living crap out of it and pull organized crime out of these things. Pull the crime out of it. Let's get more let, let's get more safety in it. Am I going to say yes? Of course I am. But the, the argument of you're just slouching towards Gamora at that point is there's going to be plenty of people making the argument. Have you seen the human being walking around? We're in Gamora. <laughs> Literally, dude, you don't wear sleeves to go anywhere anymore. <laughs> Gamora is here. We have arrived. Your shot of $1,000 and Scott from winningfornextyear.com. That's all next on Rock 106.9. Hope you boys brought popcorn. The Stansberry Show. Because I'm about to put on a show. Rock 106.9. Welcome back to the Stansberry Show. We're on Rock 106.9. We have $1,000 to give you. But first, we have to talk to our good buddy, Scott, from winningfornextyear.com. Because it is... Game four of the Eastern Conference Finals. This is this evening, 8.30 at the Q. Scott, how are you? Doing well, guys. Thank you. Um, I kind of felt like after going down 0-2 in Boston that what would happen is LeBron and company would kind of bounce back. First game at the Q, you're back home, you're a little bit more relaxed and this and that. And I figured they would power themselves to a win. Both Fantone and uh, and myself are both um, excited about this game tonight, but we're both a little worried that this may be the upset game here at the Q tonight. How are you feeling? Could very well be, Um, especially after a game like Saturday um, where, you know, you, you, you feel, you, you feel like you have the, 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 the blueprint for lack of a better term. And you feel like, no, we can, we can do 80, 85% of that. We'll still win by, you know, 10 or 12 instead of 30. And that's, that's not the way to go about a, a playoff basketball game. So they, they have the, we've seen it all season long. Um, they have the ability to let up off the gas pedal, which is dangerous for this team. But uh, if they, you know, if they can figure out that this is what they need to win at this level, and then it takes a 48 minute defensive effort. It takes guys flying all over the court. It takes ball movement and, and actual plays and then multiple actions on the offensive end. Then I think, uh, I think they should be fine. They're, Six and a half point favorites, which I think might be a little steep, um, wow. but I I I, I, uh, I I do think they 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 again they, I I do think they're the better team um, from a you know well they have the best player let's put it that way yeah. from a playoff standpoint, but it'll be uh it'll, it they 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 would be wise to win it before heading back to Boston for Game Five. I would absolutely agree with that. I have to give credit where credit is due because I jump up and down on him when I feel like he doesn't do his job. So I I, I want to tip the cap to Ty Lue. I feel like his coaching performance in that last game has been a little or was better than we have seen uh, as of recently. Now, we kind of knew going into this series that Boston great at home, not so great on the road in these playoffs. Let me ask you what you think. Is Brad Stevens getting too much credit this season for what's going on with the Celtics? No. I, I mean, well, the, 
the hard part is is they win a game and right away it's oh the best the best coach in the history of the NBA and all this stuff and and Richard Jefferson kind of hit it on the head the other night. You know, as long as Greg Popovich is in the NBA, you know, you we we know who the best coach is. Um, you know, but to that point, to do what he's doing with that team, I think is remarkable. Um, you know, I, I can't think of any other team in the NBA who would lose its two best players uh, and and be able to just fill in the gaps the way they did without making any huge deals or anything. I mean, they just had the guys they had. Um, you know, the Cavaliers, you look at their team, I mean, they brought in a whole slew of players, you know, in the offseason, and then that didn't work, and they had to blow it up again. You know, they, they just couldn't make it work with with their pieces. So from culturally, uh, Brad Stevens is tremendous. Um, his and I give him a lot of credit for his after timeout plays and his out of bounds plays and those kinds of things. I mean, he is he is very very good. I think we loosely toss around the term genius, right? But uh, he's he's a very good coach, and to take that young team to to where they are right now, um, you know, I think is 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 definitely an indictment of how good of a coach he is. Uh, but I I think we I will I will couch it by saying I do think we, we tend to toss around greatest of all time or that kind of stuff, you know, very, very quickly. But, he, no, Brad, for his age, his experience, and that, the team they have there, he's, a, he's an excellent coach. Yeah, at the end of the day, I mean, there's no denying sure, the sure. guy's a very, very quality basketball coach right there. Um, you know, I wouldn't put him on the same level as Popovich, and, you know, I certainly wouldn't. I wouldn't put him on the same level as Coach LBJ either. LeBron James still <laughs> arguably, <laughs> arguably, arguably, you know, the greatest basketball mind on the planet, and I, I don't think there's too much hyperbole in going into that. Um, and You know, I don't think it's even arguable, the greatest basketball player on the planet. Um, one of the things I liked about Saturday night is I didn't feel like LeBron had to go into God mode, and he had a very quality game. I think it was 27, 28 points or something like that. Um, a good performance, but he didn't have to kick it into that next year. Um, in order for him not to have to do that tonight and for him not to have to, you know, spend those minutes out there and spend that energy out there, which Cavaliers are you looking for not named LBJ to have big performances tonight? Well, you need, you need, you need, need, need Kevin Love to – uh, to, to, to perform. Um, and I know his shot wasn't really falling early on Saturday, uh, but he never gave up on the glass. He did not give up on defense. He, and he continued, more importantly, to space the floor. Um, you know, with that, with that lineup they had going on, a lot of the slip, well, the slip screens and slip passes to Tristan Thompson and, and, and uh, Larry Nance Jr. don't happen without Kevin Love on the floor. Um, so, you know, they're, they're, they've moved away from a LeBron and four shooters Line up to allow Tristan Thompson to continue his, you know, essentially domination of Al Horford. Yep. Um, you know, career long domination of Al Horford. And, you know, but in, so in doing so, you have to give something up. So if you're going to give that up, you need guys like Kevin, like JR, like Kyle Korver to, 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 to provide enough offensive threat to space the floor. Now, you know, that doesn't mean they're all going to play as well as they did, you know, George Hill, especially, um, in game three. But if you know out of those out of the five guys not named LeBron who scored in double figures, if you can get three of them in double figures again and, and a fourth one pretty close, at least doing something else, you know, I think that allows LeBron to just have a, you know, ho hum twenty five, eight and eight game. You know what I mean? It's it's one of those yeah, <laughs> um, it but it so but you but you need those guys to at least, you know, take some of the attention off of LeBron for that kind of stuff to happen. Yeah, LeBron's just on a whole nother level, though, man. I mean, it's like when any other player has a triple-double, it's all over the news. It's all over sports blogs for two days. LeBron does it. It's like, yeah, it's like no big deal. He's just, you know, a whole nother thing. Um, I uh, 
I want to talk to you a little bit about this Warriors game last night. I went to bed after the first quarter. They were pretty much tied up 22, I think. And then I wake up this morning, and the final score is 126-85. And I'm like, Jesus, dude. Like, now, I, I, the NBA is gaining traction, right? The ratings are, seem to be pretty good. Everything's, right, everything's heading in the right direction on perception. But it seemed like I had the same feeling last year where it's like, all right, you know who's going to win the title. And you can pretty much bank on teams outside of Toronto to win on their home floor in the playoffs. Like, they are kind of becoming the No Drama Association. You know what I mean? It's almost the NDA instead of the NBA. So, like, is, is a revolution for the three-point shot eventually going to come? Are we going to have to change something that happens here? Yeah, I don't know if it's within the rules of the game that has to change. I think if anything, that'll keep this kind of stuff from it. And again, you know, we we talked, we kind of hinted on it last week when we talked about like the Jordan years and stuff. I mean, don't forget. I mean, there, there was if you look at the NBA champions of the last what thirty five, forty years, you have like seven teams, right? Um, you know, so it's this isn't this is just the newest version of it, really. I mean. Whether it was Pop Spurs, whether it was Jordan's Bulls, you know, yes, you have a, a, a Heat thrown in there, you have a Mavericks thrown in there, you have the Pistons in 05, you know, but largely, you know, it's been, if you look at the history of the league, it's been Lakers, Celtics, Bulls, Spurs, and then now recently, um, the Golden State Warriors. So, I mean, it's just, you know, yes, some of those other teams had a little more competition, you know, they, you know, they, they there was the, the Stockton Malone Jazz and the, and the, uh, Hornacek and, uh, Barkley Sons, and you know, I mean, there there was a lot of names there that, that could have given Michael or whomever a, a run for it. And I don't know if we we necessarily have that with this team, um, but yeah, to for them to really only start playing in the second half and win the game that they did the way that you know the way that they did, um, you know, it, it's remarkable. I mean, they're very very good, but I think if any changes are going to happen, it's going to have to be within the confines of how contracts are collectively bargained or what's allowed on certain teams or do you have you know a way to you know if, if you would have to figure out a way to blow up the quote unquote super teams right and i don't know how you denote who's a superstar and who isn't if if it's based on all nba awards or whatever and i think you get really down a rabbit hole that i don't necessarily know if the league wants to get into because again if you look, if you look yeah there's no drama but if you look at the ratings they've They're they've good. never been better right. and no. and and that's what as long as more people are paying attention and more people are retweeting highlights and, and engaging about it on social media, the NBA isn't about to change anything. I really think that the average fan lies about how much they care about parody. I think, the, and for people that don't know, parody pretty much means that you upend who's winning championships pretty much. It's like who's competitive in this and that. And I think people lie about the fact that they don't like dynasties. I think people lie about the fact that they, that they get bored with the same teams because the ratings don't prove it. The ratings actually prove the opposite, that when it's the old standards, the ratings go up. And so I think people lie about how much they really do want parity in their sport. Yeah, I mean, clearly there's, there's fans of specific teams um, who, you know, Kings fans, for instance, where, you know, it's, it's not parity. It's not a lack of parity that's keeping them at the bottom of the league. It's, it's about being a, a terrible organization, right. right? I mean, there's no, no parity in the world will help some teams. Um, now there's other teams, maybe the Milwaukee's, you know, Milwaukee, Washington, you know, of the world who've kind of been Toronto, who've kind of been trading in that, you know, 40 to 50 win space, a couple playoff wins, and then they're bounced, who, who might want a, a bit, bit of a better chance to, uh, to win. But yeah, largely from an NBA, if you have just NBA fans, which I think there's a lot more of that people give credit for, 
you know, because we, we tend to be really hyper-local here, but there's a lot of cities in the country that don't have a team that just watch the NBA because of, of the product and the superstars that are playing at the level they are. And they just want to see really, really good basketball and, and see these guys just do tremendous things on the floor. And if you, and if you, and if you don't mind who wins and you just want to see, you know, you know, the, the world's elite players do elite things, uh, I, you know, I can't think of a better era in the game. That might actually be true. You might have actually, yeah, that might just be, honestly, that might be the truest thing you've said all morning. We haven't talked to you since this has come out, but the Cleveland Browns now going to be on hard knocks. And I, like, I just think the world's changed. I'm not sure that this is going to be quite the distraction everybody thinks it is. These guys like live stream themselves walking into venues now. Like, I don't think cameras are really the distraction that they once were, but I'm hearing that John Dorsey is like furious about this, like doesn't want this to be going on. And I, I think that that's probably bad. What's your take on this? Um, I agree with their first part. Um, you know, that I, one, it's, they were, they were due to be the team. Right. Um, you know, there was a lot of thought that they were going to be the team when they drafted Johnny, um, you know, because of the, the three at theatrics that would have went with that. And I think they dodged that bullet very well. Um, but now new, new GM, new number one pick bunch of, you know, bunch of free agent additions and trades that, that kind of refresh this team. Um, you know, I think one, they're, they're, they're a team worth watching. Um, Hugh Jackson was actually really good on hard knocks when they were, when they were in Cincinnati. Um, so yeah, it'll be interesting right, to see was. how he goes and how he does and I, and, and what kind of wool he can pull over the eyes of the rest of America. Um, and, but yeah, I don't, I don't know about Dorsey. Um, I, I can't confirm or deny whether he is, he's furious about it. I would assume he isn't happy because I think a lot of old-school, quote-unquote, football guys probably aren't too thrilled with social media and, 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 the, and the way things are today. Um, but it was, it was bound to happen, and I, I can't think of a better year for it to happen to this team because of the, uh, the players that they added to it. One more uh, before I let you go. We're talking to Scott from WaitingForNextYear.com, and, I, dude, I, I, I got to temper my excitement because this Baker Mayfield kid has turned me all the way around. When I woke up the day after the draft, I was like, what did we do? Two prototype quarterbacks and Sam Darnold and Josh Rosen. What the hell? They're thinking out of the box. What are we doing? But everything this kid has done and said since being drafted as a Cleveland Brown has got me pumped about Baker Mayfield. And this last thing is all about Josh Rosen, who I guess said, you know, nine teams made a mistake taking players before me. And then he reiterated and said, nah, it's really the three quarterbacks that were taken before me that I have an issue with. And, uh, you know, I, 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 you know, he didn't think that should be happening. And Bake, all Baker Mayfield said was, look, I don't think you want to be scripted like that. I don't think I wouldn't want to be out there saying things like that. Now, he did say, I think everybody went where they should have went. And of course, he was the number one pick. So he feels that way. But again, he didn't take the bait. Like they asked him the question and he didn't take the bait. This kid is showing so far that he's got a pretty grown-up head on his shoulders. At this point, Johnny was already on a swan. Hammered. You know what I mean? Doing the wrong thing. Like, and Baker is like, dude, this kid has turned me all the way around on him, and I'm just fearful. That I'm gonna get, dude, like that. I'm just like here. I am like thinking it's prom. I'm gonna get some, and then at the end of the night, she drinks too much, and you know Boone's Farm, and she's out the window of the limo, throwing up everywhere, dude. I am terrified of it. It's fair. I mean, it's we've we've gotten really really excited about lots of things over the last couple of years, and uh, but I will say, out of all of them that we've gotten excited about, I, I think from a potential and pedigree standpoint, he's probably worth the most of the 
of the excitement, right? I mean, we wanted Johnny to succeed, but he was taken 22nd overall. Right. Um, you know, we wanted, you know, Justin Gilbert to not, we, we just wanted him to care about football. Um, yeah. But he, you know, again, there's, the, you know, the, the quarterback by and large, you know, draws the most attention anyways. So, if, you know, so for, you have the, you have the perfect scenario of a, a quarterback who was taken number one overall, who happens to have a hell of a personality um, and, and continues to do and say all the right things. Um, and, and really largely defy everybody who was trying to play the attitude or whatever card before the draft as, as a, as a warning sign against him. You know, the kid will always be six one. There's nothing he could do about that. Maybe he, you know, has a Giannis kind of growth spurt here, but you know, if you, if you want to critic critique him for his size, that's fine. Um, but everything else he's said and done since he's been a part of this organization has been exactly what they would have wanted. Now, again, I, I, I don't think it'll be enough to throw him in there over Tyrod Taylor. Um, I, I, I really do think fans need to understand that Tyrod Taylor is the best quarterback on this roster. Right now. Right, from, from, from right now. And the best quarterback this team has probably had in the last 10 to 15 years. Um, which, you know, and, and if it wasn't for drafting Baker, I think there would be a little more excitement about him. But, we, you know, we clearly want to see the shiny new toy hit the field as soon as possible so we can get excited about it. Um, but, uh, you know, I, again, I, I caution because Tyrod is really good. He's going to do really good things for this team. And it's going to be a world of a difference last year compared to this year with, with him under center. I would agree. I, and I also, one more thing on Baker Mayville before I let you go. I think you can just tell that he has heard the Johnny Manziel comparisons, understands he's with the same franchise now, and not only recognizes it, understands it, but is working to defy it at every chance he's got, which I absolutely love. That's Scott from winningfornextyear.com. But he will talk to you again next Monday at 8 a.m. Sounds good, guys. Take care. Thank you. Have a great night. Go Cavs. We'll be right back with more Sandsbury Show. Hang on. Your shot at $1,000. Now, text the keyword LUCK to 200-200. You'll get a text confirming entry plus iHeartRadio info. Standard data and message rates apply. That's LUCK to 200-200. Rock. 106.9. Welcome back to the Sandsbury Show. Rock 106.9. We'll pass out those Coheed and Cambria tickets 930. That show, July 29th, Jacob's Pavilion in Cleveland. And we'll get you. So when I saw this yesterday, I couldn't believe it. And I actually got a little excited. All right. And um, I feel like sometimes the president is fairly beaten up on. And then I feel like any other public figure, there are times where the president's unfairly beat up on. Very true. Both both cases. Both, both, things, are, both things are true. You know what I mean? The kind of guy that goes out of his way to be picked on a little bit sometimes um, I feel like he welcomes it, and and then turns around and complains about it. That is that is one of those things about him. It's a little bit of who it's it's who he is. You know what I'm saying? Like that that's a part of the reason why he's been successful in the way that he has. So at this point, you're 70 plus years old. I don't see a change in your behavior of what made you successful in the first. Not place. even a little. No, don't even help. But he has been on this journalist or kind of big dummy thing, right? Okay, kind of been on it. Okay. So somebody's done a study, and it was a small study, to be honest with you. I think it was like 100 journalists. I'm sorry, no, it was even less. 40 journalists. All right, so let's get to weigh that in, to be fair. Okay, but Tara Swart, a neuroscientist and leadership coach, whatever the hell those are, analyzed 40 journalists 
from newspapers, magazines, broadcasts, online platforms, blogs, and the thing like that for just under a year. Okay, She wanted to look into their lifestyle, their health, and their behavior and brain function. It turns out, by and large, that journalists drink too much, they're horrible at managing their emotions, and their brains operate at a lower level than average, according to her study. Kind of proving of what he's always saying, which is they're reactionary dummies, which is what he's always saying, essentially. Now, I'm saying it a little bit better than he normally does. But he basically calls them reactionary dummies. And her study doesn't really do much to dispute that. Do you buy that, that your average journalist is dumber than your average citizen? No. Yeah, I was going to say, I have a hard time. I mean, But when you start adding in bloggers and calling them journalists, you were going to bring the average brain function way down. Because certainly at that point, we are just talking about average person Her at that people. point. I mean, really, what, you know, if, if you start something online... You, you can call yourself whatever you want to. And how many people are that are on TV are perceived to be journalists and don't have a journalism degree? What's um, the percentage of that? Yeah, I mean, uh, probably, I don't know, a significant point. It, it gets into this weird space with all news organizations do this. You bring in people to be experts of what you're talking about specifically, and they automatically become like well, experts on everything. Right. You Crazy. know what I mean? Right. Like, and, and, and that that, that, that's just like, if you bring somebody in is like, Hey, this is our foreign war correspondent. And this is what he specializes in. Okay. I get that. But why are you bringing him in for that next conversation? Well, not only that, but it's like, this is your foreign war correspondent because he agrees with what you want to, to be said not because he's the right person he or she is the right person they find people who fit their narrative call them an expert put them on the screen they also found this out 41 percent of journalists said that they drank around 18 drinks of alcohol a week which is about four more than the the recommended weekly allowance less than five percent of journalists drank the recommended amount of water per day which, again, that's true of all of us. I mean, I drink a ton of water because I'm concentrating on my weight right now, but the average person doesn't get anywhere near as much water. Yeah, and I, I, I wonder I wonder what the average citizen drinks a, a week. You know what I mean? Like, is it over 18 or I, I don't know? I'd be, I, yeah, well, they're saying about 14, but, uh, you know, again, I, you know, um, I am willing to bet the people we know might be more. Journalists scored pretty high on these, though. Abstraction. The ability to deal with the ideas uh, with ideas rather than events. Um, they scored pretty highly on that. They scored pretty highly on value tagging, which is the ability to assign values to a different um, sensory cues, such as whether something is a priority or has meaning. Scoring highly in that indicates a good ability to sift through information and pick out what's important. Now, that's what I want a journalist to be able to do. So that part's pretty good. But isn't that point by you deciding what's important or not, aren't you putting your spin on things? By Shouldn't it just be abstract or just like objectively... Here's all the information well, you decide. Yes and no, I think there is that. Yes, um, ideally, you you bring up a good point. But when you're talking about writing a story, you do got to streamline the verbal deadwood. You do kind of have to pick what's important and kind of give me that. But you can fall victim to and pray to what it is you're saying. And I believe that that can lead to some of the fake news things that we do have going on. Um, which, by the way, I know everybody laughs at the fake news moniker. I know you do. The news has been bad for a while. It's been horrific. It's been a mess. It's been a sideshow for a while. And here's the problem. The journalists aren't the problem. You are.
you are. You don't want information, America. What you want is entertainment, and don't you dare lie about it. Yeah. As a matter of fact, we can go back to the late 80s. Don Henley, one, a guy, a musician I love, wrote a song called Dirty Laundry about how the news was slipping into like the tabloid section of life because that's what you would watch. Because information is too hard for us to discern through and listen to, so give us entertainment instead. I mean, nobody wants to do homework. You know what right. I'm saying? And like, I mean, it's it, it, it's very easy for me sometimes to fall prey to like, well, dude, I've got the time to do this, and I have the ability to do this, and I have the interest to do this, and most people don't have that. They don't have, and I'm not saying like I'm smarter. I'm just saying like you've got more going on in your life. You don't get out of work at eleven o'clock and have no kids to take care of like I do, where I can put forth the, the effort. It's like, dude, I don't expect you to, bro. You're working sixty hours a week. You got three kids and two baseball of them, practice. Two of them you and- didn't want, and, and 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 your second wife's got two kids too. So now you got five mouths to feed. None of them ever shut up. I mean, I get it. I do, but. There's still a responsibility in my mind of like, well, dude, we've got, we, as the collective we, we've got to start demanding more out of this. I would agree with that. Now here's, this is pretty scary. Journalists scored pretty low on this. Silencing the mind. So this is related to the ability to have thoughts without getting distracted. Meaning ADD, essentially. That journalists scored very low on silencing their mind out. So they're, they're suffering from a powerful ability of focus. That is scary. That's a little scary for somebody who's trying to keep us all informed on what's going on. Journalists also scored very low on executive function. Okay, Low scores for executive function also uh, suggest poor sleep, nutrition, exercise, mindfulness. Many participants reported they had no time for breaks while working. Yeah, sleep, nutrition, exercise, all those things, very important for executive function of your brain. There's, there has been this thing that's happened in, in for the human being where we have separated mind and body. They are not separate. They work off of one another. Garbage in, garbage out. The better you treat your body, the better your mind will respond and vice versa. I bet you a lot of other roles and jobs i mean doctors probably face that where it's like you know first responders firefighters things like that cops like you're dealing with that on a regular basis and there's got to be negative repercussions to it and in the big picture there has to be if you're a journalist you have to hate hearing this right here you have the president teeing off on you for a year calling you a moron and now they run a study and it pretty much confirms everything he says yeesh if i was a journalist i would hate hearing about that the NFL's got a pretty solid dude in their organization, probably a couple, but J.J. Watt's one of these guys that all he does is create great news. We'll give you that. That's next on Rock 106.9. Dan Stansberry and his boy, Wonder Matt Fantone. At last, two heroes. The Stansberry Show. Rock 106.9. 106.9. Welcome back to The Stansberry Show and Rock 106.9. We'll pass out that $1,000 for you. That's at 910 this morning. Uh, we've had, the, the country has, uh, another school shooting. Mm-hmm. This was over the weekend, Santa Fe, Texas. Now this time, and it's almost on cue. And what I mean by that is, it was just last week on the program. I believe Friday, maybe it was Thursday. I had said, notice a couple of months ago, man, you were all worried about the blue wave and the gun control and like all that thing. And here we are, we're all being back mad about Russia because that's what the box in the living room is telling us to be mad about is Russia and Russia and Russia. And we had given up the blue wave and the gun control issue. And then, sure enough. Here it comes. Almost on cue. Like, they're forgetting about guns. And then here you go. Now, I'm not saying that's what happened. I think people who think that these things are kind of done like that are a little crazy. But it is a little like, geez. Like, as soon as we start to forget about it, here's another one. 
Um, is it, it, it's it, weird. It's just weird. Isn't isn't that probably just evidence of how frequently it's happening? You know what I'm saying? Like, I mean, it, could be. I don't think people are putting people up to it. Yeah, it's but soon, it feels like as that. soon as this happened on Friday, immediately, like you know, you go on social media and you start seeing what people are saying about things like this, and it immediately went to crisis actors. It immediately went to this isn't real. This is put on by the anti-gun liberals. It just does feel like a little bit. Now, I, I, again, I don't think it's happening, but it does kind of feel like a little bit like, oh my god, we're not talking about it anymore now, and then. I'll out of nowhere here it comes right but and I know everybody wants to want to talk about gun laws and all this stuff and all that and we're not getting bogged down in that here's what I'm going to tell you the kid broke like 11 gun laws so I guess if the 12th law is going to be the one that stops it from happening maybe and you can hear me rolling my eyes through my head right the kid broke like 11 gun laws I mean so pretty much proving gun laws do not work we're not going to get bogged down in that there is a positive silver lining on this which is JJ Watt plays for the Houston Texans J.J. Watt is one of these athletes who seems to be like a solid dude, a little bit LeBron-like in this, where J.J. Watt has come out and said, look, these funeral expenses for these families who lost their kids, that's on me. I'm picking up the tab. We're going to do it. And what a good thing. What a good dude. Now, you could make the argument that we live in a society today where if you have money and if you have celebrity, that people are going to force you into doing this kind of stuff for calling you out for not doing it anyway. So sooner or later, he was going to have to do something. But he didn't have to be told. He didn't have to be dragged. And for, as we're constantly saying, these athletes shouldn't be role models for your kids. We do get a couple of them every now and again that fly in the face of that. And I think J.J. Watt's one of them. Yeah, 100% deserves a pat on the back of this. Um, I think there's going to be people who are going to make the argument, and they would have certainly made the argument if it was other celebrities doing so, that you're doing this for the goodwill, you're go- you're doing this because it looks good, and... I mean, he did the whole thing with the hurricane with the, with them, and... Right, and having this star power, and I believe 100% with these positions of celebrity, of notoriety, you I, I, I mean, I guess you don't have to take care of your responsibilities, but I think you do have a responsibility to do good with them. I think you do. Um, I Here's just, what I will I just you. worry people are going to be like, well, you're just doing it so people people think you're great. Yeah, but those people, you know what that is? is th- those are people who feel terrible about the fact that they don't do anything ever to help any other people, so they're looking to cast negative light on somebody else. That's about sure. them, not about J.J. Watt. That's sure. about them. What I will say is I don't I agree with you that there does come a responsibility to help out. Here's what I'll tell you is outside of your responsibility is that if you are if you are fortunate enough fortunate enough to have positions like this, even this one, right? That if you don't appreciate that and if you don't do some good with it, the universe will find a way to take it from you. I don't know if I buy that because I don't necessarily buy in karma. I don't. I don't necessarily. Is that right? I, I really don't. I really don't think that, well, if I do something good, something good is going to happen on the other side of it. I, I, I know what you're saying there, and I, I'm sure you point to evidence of it, but at the same time. Well, there's to, plenty of evidence of proving me wrong, to, too. To me, to me, it's just like things happen for a reason, and how you react can certainly change how things happen in the future, but it's not just as easy as, well, if I put $1 good in, I'm going to get $2 good out. So you do believe in things happen for a reason, do not necessarily believe in karma. Well, I, things happen in the in, in reason for the sense I mean is if you do push-ups today, you'll have muscles tomorrow. Okay, all right, That's what I'm saying. Okay. I'm not saying That's that it's true. just like I said, you put $1 of good in and $2 of good is going to come out to you. I don't buy that. Probably not. But a little tip of the cap to J.J. Watt. That's us. Great. Yeah, stepping up, doing the right thing there. Your childhood being ruined yet again. Oh, okay. And grown men are losing their minds on the internet. We'll get into that next. We'll also, while passing out $1,000 on Rock 106.9. The Stansberry Show, Canton's Rock Station, Rock 106.9, Rock 106.9.
Welcome back to the Stansberry Show. We're on Rock 69. We also have $1,000. We'll pass that out here momentarily. Um, every couple of weeks now, something hits the internet and people freak out because their childhood is being messed with. Okay. Reboots. Remember, this is there was a big dust up over the Ghostbusters. There's been mm-hmm. you know a few others of these. Mm-hmm. And the latest one is from a cartoon that was really big when I was a kid. Actually, I loved this show. I watched it all the I don't know if it was daily or what it was, but like I remember I love this show. And that's the Thundercats. And grown men are losing their minds over a Thundercats reboot. Now, I have the trailer posted for you at WRQK.com, and the link is actually up for you at Facebook.com slash The Sansbury Show as well, so you can see it. And what they've done here is they're doing a full-blown reboot, meaning it is going to be a little bit of a departure from Thundercats. They have changed the way the characters look. They have made them smaller. Um, They almost look like a children's version of grown Thundercats. They actually look like they would be like middle schoolers versus like grown-ups. Which makes sense to me. If you're selling something to kids, you want to make it relatable to them. Or is the argument that you can't wait to grow up, you can't wait to be older, so you make things a little older so kids want to be it? Probably both. Okay, a little yeah, bit of truth yeah, to both yeah. there. Probably. Depending on what it is you're selling, either one could work for you, I think, right? And men are losing their minds over this. Now... I have to admit that I have been guilty of this over entertainment that's been redone from my childhood and getting a little too carried away and like talking about how you're ruining stuff and this and that. Now, I loved Thundercats when I was a kid, but I wouldn't watch a reboot of it today, even if it was going to be exactly like the one I liked. Like, I wouldn't be into this. So I don't necessarily... And I think grown men got to realize that... Just because it's the same name as something you grew up with doesn't mean you're the audience, that you're the target. That's a lot like what Fantone was always telling me about Disney taking over the Star Wars movies. Like, excuse me, they no longer care about you, bro. Yeah. They got your money, dude. Yeah. They care now what they care about you. Now, if I had a kid, they'd care about me because they're you know what I mean? You want to, you know, push your kids back into it, buy the toys and that whole thing. But ultimately that the product itself is not for me. And like reading some of these, like this guy says here. They're making it a children's show? I mean, thun- <laughs> the guy says, you know, what, what is here? Thundercats was a serious type of show. And looking at the new one, it's meant for kids. Bro, you're talking about how it was a serious type show, but when were you watching it? When you were 11. Like, so it's like these guys aren't even thinking things through as they're saying it. A serious type show, Thundercats. And I, dude, I can distinctly remember watching Thundercats with my brother, like uh, 100%. And like, it was a serious show. It was a serious show with like human cats running around. What was even the premise of that? They were just always fighting a generic bad guy, right? It's not like they, like, uh, like what? Here's why I can't get mad about the reboot of Thundercats. I don't know a single character name. Mm-mm. And I loved that show as a kid, but I don't care anymore. A part of the problem is, you know, uh, we all feel very entitled nowadays and like, well, no, you can never do anything that I don't approve of. And it's like, well, what do you, what do you mean? Of course I can. I own, I own this property. Like I can do whatever the hell I want with it. Um, the concept of it, well, it's ruining my childhood memories of that. So asinine to me. I don't understand why you think 
why you think that your version of it is the only version that shall ever exist. Like, 30 years from now, you know, LeBron's not going to be on the Cavaliers. Maybe LeBron Jr. will be, but LeBron's not going to be on the Cavaliers anymore. That's not going to change what happened in 2016. You know what I'm saying? Like, whatever happens from this point forward, the past is the past, and it's behind us. And those memories you have of it are the memories that you have of it. This is not going to change anything like that. Now, I know the animation style people are like, oh, dude, it sucks. It looks too cartoony. Number one, it's cartoon. Number two, it's the style of cartoons right now. If your kids watch Steven Universe, you've seen the styling of animation before, and I think it's Korean style, um, which... I've never heard of that show. Which, I mean, because you're a grown-ass man to a grown-ass man No, no, I said that so I could be proud of myself a little bit. (laughs) So, like, you know, this is the way that cartoons are made nowadays. This is like the stylings of it. I can't fault them for saying like, hey, this is hot right now. Let's take our products, spin it into this, and try to get... I mean, look at every other franchise that's done this. Star Wars, Marvel characters, Ninja Turtles. You know what I mean? Like, And they've all had huge success in it. Now, one tweet here actually brings people back down to reality. He goes, for those of you that are upset about Thundercats, there was a visually stunning, heartfelt, story-driven, action-oriented reboot of Thundercats that premiered back in two, uh, 2011. It exceeded all expectations and showed a passionate respect to the source material. Dear God. We just called Thundercats the cartoon source <laughs> material. And he says here, nobody watched it, and it was canceled immediately. I don't remember it. Me I don't either. remember it all. Because that kind of feels like 2011. That feels like before the nostalgia train really took out of the station. Where That's we, you fair. know, Yeah, it might I have mean, been. It's a little only, too early. It's only seven years ago, but what a difference in that seven years how we all perceive things. Oh, dude, the world. I mean, dude, think about it. We've been a show for four years. The world's completely right. different. If you, uh, if you haven't seen this yet and you are a Thundercats fan, I really do think, like, if you're a hardcore fan, you're not going to enjoy it. It's online for you at WRK. Who are these hardcore Thundercats fans? Who are these people? What are we talking about? Well, we know they're listening because they're not at work right now. <laughs> You're shot at $1,000 right now. Your shot at $1,000. Now, text the keyword BANK to 200-200. You'll get a text confirming entry plus iHeartRadio info. Standard data and message rates apply. That's BANK to 200-200. Rock 1069. 106.9. 106.9. We have Coheed and Cambria tickets. That show July 29th, Jacob's Pavilion in Cleveland. We'll get you in here momentarily. 1-800-243-7625. The number you will see on those. I just uh, looked through a friend of mine, Mm -hmm. her Snapchat story from last night. She was uh, in Columbus checking out Tool at Rock on the Range, and uh, that kind of kind of bummed me out that I didn't go do that. I uh, I love that band. I wish I would have seen that. I mean, I'm glad I didn't drive down there and have to be up late, and then you know you know kick off Monday for me really bad, but. I uh, I would have liked to have seen them. I I really like them. Um, worth noting though, Rock on the Range in the in the in the in the history books now, dude. Summer's kind of officially started. I always view that as like, all right, Kick summer off. time. So, yeah, uh, Memorial Day weekend right yeah. around there. So yeah, week before probably not the worst idea. Memorial Day is coming up, huh? Yeah, this uh, week from today, right? Yeah. Actually, dude, we uh we just got to get through this week. We took both Monday and Tuesday next week off. Nice. Yeah, that's nice. a good one there. That's boys, a good one there. The boys need a break. That was smart there on our on our part. So I read this uh, out of Red Book of all places, <clears throat> and um, men are kind of, I don't want to say we're dumb, but <laughs> but. But, <laughs> but we are kind of dumb, right? Okay, all right. And so you get married, and then you have a kid, and you're curious about what sex with your wife is going to be like after you have a child. Yeah. Okay. okay. All right. So Red Book has a compilation of a couple of different 
either questions or observations. These are basically observations that men have had having sex with their wife the first time after pregnancy. Yeah, I mean, I've... I've had sex with moms before, but never immediately, you know what I'm saying? Like right after childbirth. So, okay, all right. What are we yeah, moms about? are a target-rich environment, okay. but, but, but once they've actually been a mother, right. Um, now, this does not tell me whether or not these same men were having sex with their pregnant wives, because it feels like nine months, even if she's pregnant, is a long time not to have sex. Now, yeah. I remember my buddies telling me once, he's like, Dude, she basically put a gun to my head and made me. He's like, you couldn't get me to do it. Yeah, I've heard that before, that pregnant women, some pregnant women will be like, yo, dude, I want it. Like, I need it. I hear the craving can be crazy. Okay. So Alex, 29 from Phoenix, said the first thing he realized was that just because a doctor gives you the the approval to have sex doesn't mean a thing. That your wife is going to be like, uh-uh, I'm not ready. I don't feel right. This isn't right. And oh, that yeah. there, there's going to be part of, and now he says my wife, and this may not be true of all of them, but he says his wife, it was about body weight. Sure. It was about the fact that she wanted to lose a little bit more of the baby weight before she started to take her clothes off and try to seduce me. Yeah, I mean, you think about how much women define themselves on how they look, and now you've got that baby out of you, but you still have those pounds on you. I can totally see how that's, you know, well, your doc- doctor said six weeks, babe. You should totally be banging me right now. She doesn't She doesn't care what that doctor said. Exactly. Not at all. Uh, Anthony from Queens, New York, actually says his observation about having sex with his wife first time after pregnancy flies in the face of what a lot of guys are worried about. Okay. And he said that... Um, it was a tight fit. <laughs> okay. Is the best way. I, I mean, Red Book actually says it dirtier. This is what, this is crazy. <laughs> okay. Red Book, the, the female, the feminine magazine actually says this way dirtier than I'm allowed to on the radio. Let that sink in. That Red Book is allowed to be dirtier than I am on the radio. Do rock morning show, Red Book in it. All right. <laughs> Maybe we should get rid of some of this My 1017 music that's on this log. Then what are we doing? We might get in trouble for some of that. <laughs> But the guy says it was a much tighter fit than what he had thought. Says they put about 13, 12 to 13 stitches in my wife. And he was he said, my thought was, holy crap, if this is the way this is going to be, that this is going to hurt me for the rest of my life. Well, and you got to think, too, that like your body bounces back from things. And I mean, you know, female bodies designed to bounce back from pregnancy. This is the way that life has happened throughout our lives. So, like, I know everyone's like, oh, dude, it's just going to be like, you know, a blowout. But like, not necessarily. Not, I don't think that's necessarily the case there. Again, Dave out of Philadelphia, Pennsylvania said it's not that... She didn't feel any, again, Red Book being dirtier than I'm allowed to be. Not that she, he says it's, Jesus, how do I do it? He says, not, she didn't feel any looser. Okay. Because a lot of guys will worry about that. But it felt longer. Longer. Okay. So deeper, Uh, I I would assume, is the right way to say that. I guess, I mean, after pushing, you know, a a twenty inch baby out, I mean, I just, I just don't know how that would happen, though. To me, the depth of the vagina is how deep it is. I don't, I don't know if you can push it back any. Yeah, further. isn't it only like about five and a half, six inches deep, something I mean, like that? That's, Four that's, and a half, that's, why, that's why I don't know. 
Tom says, uh, the first time my wife and I had sex after pregnancy, it was way more emotional than I thought it would be. My wife blew me away when she became a mom. She was so natural at it. And I loved watching her take care of our daughter. It made me love her more, which I didn't think was possible. The first time we had (laughs) sex after our baby wasn't wild or without a lot of stop and go, mainly because of the pain, but it was different in a really amazing way. Jesus, dude. This two lesbians got married and are telling me what it's like. He no. knew his he knew his wife was reading this. You yeah, know what exactly I'm saying? Hey, right. babe, you see what I said about his you? wife? Probably wrote the article. Yeah. <laughs> it's probably it's probably what happened there. Now I have heard this from a lot of my guy friends who have or married and, and and who have had the children, who say this like I love my wife, and I I don't want to be with anybody else like emotionally. But because she is the mother of my children, because that role of hers has changed and I look at her differently, that I have a hard time treating her like a sexual playground, which sometimes is fun. Don't get me wrong. You got to make love every now and again. But, dude, just totally effing sometimes is fun. You know what I mean? Like, you need a little bit of that. And, dude, a lot of guys tell me, like, dude, I just don't feel like that's the way I should treat the mother of my children. Yeah, I think people get caught up, especially when you become new parents. You get so caught up in that identity of yourself that you start to lose the other parts of you of like, well, he, you know, a big part of the reason why you guys worked together and why you guys decided like, hey, this is a lifelong commitment we want to make to each other is because there was sexual compatibility and because there was that level of excitement with each other. But you get so focused on, well, you're, you know, you're, you're the mother to my children. It's like, you know, you forgot how that really happened. Another guy says here, Paul, this is a, he's out of New York, says we both wanted to have sex. But we also wanted sleep more than we wanted sex. A baby takes sure. a, a huge toll on you, and I would imagine that's probably true. He And he says here that the first time that they tried to have sex after pregnancy, it was a few days after her six-week checkup, which I guess that's like the standard amount of time a doctor will tell you to wait. She had been breastfeeding, and um, he claims that this had like dried her out. Um, like said, she okay. was not even the slightest bit ready. He said, okay. we stopped and just decided to buy some, uh, some lubricant as Fantone's a, a big proponent of the lubricant. I got to use it, dude. <laughs> like, there's going to be times you need it. Yeah. I guess the spitting on, on the palm and then like applying that probably isn't enough for that. I would have never thought about that one. Um, I, I, I mean, but yeah, you're, you're going through all that liquid. <laughs> like, I mean, I guess that makes sense. And there's probably a little bit of like, dude, you know, you take the, uh, you take the bike out of the garage and you haven't ran it all winter. There's going to be a little bit of like, all right, we got to get things going again before we just start going, taking it out on 77, right? Yeah, you got to, you know, let it warm up. Let right? that oil work through the engine. <laughs> right? let, gotta, that, that. let that oil work through the engine. This is all about sex uh, for the first time after pregnancy. Michael out of Brooklyn says, look, dude, I didn't even think about the sex. It was, <laughs> I had waited weeks. I didn't care. I was just happy we were doing it again. He was so happy about that. And I would imagine that that's probably true. Of most men. I have to give credit where credit is due. I like being able to, uh, to to hold people's feet to the flame when they're being wrong. And in order for me to do that, I have to give them credit when they're doing something right. Johnny Manziel is doing something right, and I can't believe it. But he is doing something right. I'll give you that story after hooking you up with these Coheed and Cambria tickets right now. They're playing July 29th. Jacob's Pavilion in Cleveland will take caller 25 at 1-800-243-7625 on those. Be right back to wrap up the show with Johnny Manziel next on Rock 106.9. The Stansberry Show. I have got to get in on this. Rock 106.9. Welcome back to The Stansberry Show. We're on Rock 106.9. Teresa will get you hooked up with $1,000. That's at 1010 this morning is when she has your next keyword for you. All right, I uh, I like being able to say what I want, okay? Now, one of the things that I... Now, this isn't like a rule, but but it, but it is a rule for me that 
I feel like what I should do is, if I want to say what I want, that when I'm wrong, then I need to expose that to you. And when I'm right, I need to, you know what I mean? That I'll harp on that as well. But the word hater gets thrown around a lot these days, okay? And if you just disagree with anybody, you're a hater. Well, yeah. I mean, haters are my motivators, Sainsbury. Oh, my God. Now, I had been anti-Johnny Manziel being the quarterback of the Cleveland Browns. I felt like you could see his problems coming a mile down the road. Now, I have been close to addicts. I had worked with one. I had my professional life uprooted by one. Um, I'm related to a few, so maybe I was a little bit more aware of these issues before like the whole like opiate issue started to like rock this state, right? Yeah, and I think that like personal experience is obviously going to Smart affect how you see things. Yeah, sure, right. So I felt like I was a little early on the Johnny Manziel thing, and then people just call you're a hater, you're a hater, right? And I maintain that I am not a hater, and as a matter of fact, what I'm about to do right now will prove to you that I am not a hater. Haters. Just hate no matter what the information is. Some people say haters going to hate, 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 hate. Some will say that. Some will say that. She would say that. But what a hater does is no matter what the information is, they hate, they don't like it. And no matter how many times they're faced with information that flies in the face of their opinion, they won't change their opinion. That is a hater. Now, I was down on Johnny Manziel, but that doesn't make me a hater, and I'm going to prove it to you right here. Johnny Manziel is doing exactly what he should be doing right now, and I think it's great. I applaud it, and more so, I hope it works. Because he's no longer at the helm of my team. So Johnny's demons and his shortcomings don't affect anything with my life. Therefore, go with God, bro, and I hope it works out. Now, for those of you that don't know, here's what's happened. Johnny Manziel has done what other quarterbacks were resistant to do, and it's why they're not working right now in the league or not why they're not playing the sport they love. Johnny Manziel has accepted a role with a Canadian football team. Smart. Smart. This is what Kaepernick should have been doing. This is what other quarterbacks should have been doing. That have been uh, there was another there was, there was another good There was another good example. I can't remember his name. But this is exactly what Kaepernick should have been doing. What you do here is you prove to people that you are serious about playing the position, playing the game, not just looking to be a headline star. I wonder how many dudes we can point at that have made the transition from the NFL back to a minor league, whether it's CFL, arena football, whatever, and then were able to push themselves back into it. I can't think of, I, I mean, Kurt Warner's the thing that jumps out at me, but other than that... Warren Moon? I don't remember the Warren Moon saga of that. I don't remember what uh, happened. Well, here's the thing. I don't, he, I, he was, a, I, I believe, a, was it the CFL then, whatever the hell it was, but he started there and then came to the NFL, but I don't think it was back, forth, back, Yeah, forth. That's, that's what no, I was going to say. I don't think so. I'm sure you can point to dudes who, who college, CFL, NFL, that's probably a somewhat, like, uh, worn track there, but I, I think NFL into anything else is going to be enough of a step down where at that point, now listen, I think you should do it because it's like, dude, go make money playing football, bro. Like, I 100% support that idea, um, but I don't know if that, I think that door to the NFL is closed, dude. Well, that's why, that actually makes me like this more, is that this is, if it's legitimately going to be closed to you, then he's doing this solely for the love of the game, and then, which I like. 
Also, what he might be preparing himself for is another run back in football, keep his nose clean, and then maybe you end up being a coach. LeBron's never going to be a great NBA coach. You know why? Because LeBron is great. And so what greatness does then is go, just do it like this. But not all players can because they're not great. They're good, not great. So sometimes average or even below average players end up being great coaches because they understand shortcomings of the athlete. I think you look, you can point to a million examples of guys who went on to become, you know, guys who, you know, uh, what's his name that's mentoring Baker Mayfield right now? Chad Pennington. Yes. Great example of a guy who was never a superstar, was a talented football player, able to, you know, make a career for himself, and then, you know, decided that mentorship role, that, you know, that coaching role is where he was going to be able to find his life after football. I, I Yeah, I think that's a great example. I think this is a huge, huge win for Johnny Manziel. It proves to people that you're serious about the position. It proves to people that you're serious about turning your your issues around. Because what everybody's going to do is like, hey, I'm in rehab. And people are going to go, yeah, 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 yeah. Show us. And he's now going to show you. Is it, though? I mean, can I go up to Canada and there's less limelight on me? Therefore, I can continue to get drunk. And uh, I, I think there's going to be a huge amount of limelight on Johnny Manziel. Now, will it fade yeah. after six months? Maybe. But initially, that spotlight's going to be pretty bright, right? Yeah, I mean, the, my only thought is that, like, dude, they've got awesome strip clubs in Canada, plenty of drugs and drinking, and Crown Royal's great. You know uh, what I mean? There's good arguments. <laughs> You're not wrong. Now, what I think is more likely is I think you will see flashes of what Johnny Manziel had when he was in college because the competition at, at, at the Canadian Football League is not what it is at the NFL. Not even close. So what I think happens here, Fantone, is I, I, I disagree with you. I think what happens is he goes up there and he lights it up. He's scoring 35 a game. And people are going, man, there's stuff left in the tank. It's he still got it. And look, the ticket sales and an NFL team's going to take a shot on this kid. And then when you put him in front of NFL defenses, then he'll be brought back down the side. Be exposed again. Yeah, I, 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 that's I, what I think. Happened. I think I think he goes there. There's there's a talent gap. He's definitely going to go in there. I think be a premier quarterback of CFL football. He goes there all of a sudden he's scoring 35 points. And all of a sudden those Canadian strippers are like, yeah, man, those Canadian drug dealers are like, John, A. it's going to be hard. Once you get that glory back in you, once you get those Texas a and days back in you, it's going to be hard not to divulge back into that bad behavior. That's hard argued against. It, you know it I mean? like, it's hard to argue against that. I mean, yeah, I mean, it, it, you know, addicts have their problems. I mean, do they have their shortcomings? It's it, do they get tripped up? And honestly, relapse is part of recovery. Any recovery person will tell you that. That most people who are, I don't know if you ever fully recovered, but even people who have like long stretches of recovery underneath them, they'll tell you, dude, I, I relapsed three times before I got here. Wolf's at the door every day, man. Every single every day. Every single day, dude. That thing is just every waiting day. to take a bite out of you. The rest of the week, we'll be passing these tickets out. And as a matter of fact, you know what? What? Yeah, we got. We have an extra pair. We can do this right now. Okay, what are we doing? But they told us to announce this as close to 10 as humanly possible. Okay. So we got about 10 minutes until that happens. So I feel like we can do this, right? Yeah, we can do it. Guess what's coming back to? Uh, I guess what's coming back to Canton, Ohio. I don't know. Good jobs. <laughs> Steal. No, I. Uh, no, 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 no. D- d- don't even hope. No. It's uh, it's uh, dude, the WWE. That's right. WWE coming back uh, to Canton, Ohio. I'm sure you have all the details. Oh, 100%. Right? July 14th, it all goes down at the Canton Civic Center, a SmackDown branded event. Therefore, really? you will have AJ Styles, the world heavyweight champion, taking on Shinsuke Nakamura. You got Big Cass and the Miz in attendance. Carmella will be there. You've got you've got the you've got the New Day going to be in town, and hopefully, you'll be there too. Let me ask you this: Yeah, any chance we see Ronda? Mm, no, it's SmackDown. Ronda's Raw. 
Oh, okay. Rhonda's raw. I didn't realize that because, well, I'm 40. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's why. We do have a pair of tickets. We can pass those out. We got ringside seats, too. What? All week? All week long. Oh, I thought that we were leading up to ringside. Mm-mm, we got ringside seats all week long. Wow. Show must be pretty good, right? <laughs> this one is. Somebody tell my boss. We'll take caller 20 right now. 1-800-243-7625 on those. Aside from that, we're done. Teresa, however, has $1,000 for you. She'll pass that out to you at 1010 this morning. We'll talk to you again tomorrow morning, 6 a.m. on Rock 106.9. You guys have a great day. See ya. The Stansberry Show. That guy knows how to party. Rock 106.9.